Hello, my name is Samuel George London, and welcome to Comics for the Apocalypse. On today's episode, I speak to comic book creator and jolly good chap, Jordan Hart, about what comics he would take into a zombie outbreak apocalypse. But before we get into it, I'd like to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Comic Scene. To support their work, you can become a friend of Comic Scene for just £20 a year. When you become a friend, you get access to premium content on the website, including Comic Scene Weekly, Newsstand Comics, Retro Comics, Comic Shop of the Week, and free comic downloads. To find out more, visit comicscene.org. Also, if you enjoy the show today, please leave a review for us on iTunes or whichever podcast service you use, as not only will it let me know that you liked it, but I believe that it helps make other people aware of the show as well. Now, without further ado, on with the show. Hello, Jordan Hart. How's it going? Good. How about you? Yeah, good, thanks. It's It's been a toasty day here in the UK. Um, blue skies and over 30 degrees Celsius, which is kind of about 90 degrees Fahrenheit, um, 95 maybe even, Um and uh, yeah, no, um, very, very much hotter than usual for sure. But that's, it's been quite nice. That's very <laughs> warm. Yeah, it's uh, it's almost ninety where I'm at in California here, and I'm pretty close to the water. So when it breaks like eighty, people get annoyed. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I can imagine what you're going through. For sure, man, for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, no, um, I don't know. And just for the listeners, just so they know. Um, I do have a fan running in the background. I don't know if you can hear it. I'll try and edit it out in post if it does come across too strongly. But Jordan and I worked out that it's not too bad. And that's what's keeping me cool. <laughs> so I don't overheat out. and crash. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Awesome. Um, but uh, Jordan, it's it's absolutely wonderful to have you here today. Um, and uh, for those that haven't come across you just yet, what do you do in the world of comics? Oh, yeah. Great. Great to meet you as well. And so glad to be here. So thank you for having me. Um, so in the world of comics and up to this point, it's been indie, indie comics, American indie comics. Um, I kind of take do less as the books come out. So when I first started, I was a writer, colorist, and letterer uh, of my own indie comics. And then it kind of went now in this recent one, Ripple Effects went to just writer and colorist. And um, my next book, I would, if the trend continues, I'll probably just be the only writer on it. So uh, so yeah, yeah indie, indie comic writer. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, well, a, a man of many trades. Um, but uh, I guess, yeah, you kind of, you, you generalize to, to begin with, don't you? And then you specify afterwards totally um, and and do whatever I you can to nice. save money as as well too so it's like well if i'm coloring and lettering i'm saving money so yeah that's exactly right yep. exactly but you've done a great job with ripple effects so so tell us more about about your your latest title thank you so much um yeah so ripple effects is actually my first superhero comic um i'm usually more horror sci-fi like always genre um but you know i grew up with superhero books as we will get into, I'm sure, uh, in a little bit, but, um, uh, 
I felt like it was the right time to uh, to tell this story. So um, I have uh, a blood clotting condition. It's incurable. It's called thrombophilia, um, where basically uh, it came on when I was 25. Um, I had been healthy before, and uh, I was in the hospital, and they explained to me that, uh, you know, essentially I would have to take uh, medicine every single day for the rest of my life. Um, and if I didn't take it, I would die within a few weeks, right? Blood clots would take over my body. And, you know, that was pretty hard to swallow. Uh, obviously it came out of you nowhere, bet. but then like after like two hours, I was like, man, this would make a really good story, which, you know, like, I don't know why that came <laughs> in, me in that situation. Um, so, uh, basically what ripple effects is, is it is a, um, a young 25 year old, uh, just like me, he's an aspiring novelist, uh, in the story. And he has type one diabetes. Um, so he's got to inject insulin multiple times a day, um, to survive. But when his diabetes came on a few years before the story, he also gained the superpower of invincibility. Um, so, you know, like Superman has kryptonite. So what the hook here is that our character, George, the superhero ripple, um, he, his weakness is his type one diabetes where he's always, you know, nervous about an insulin crash or something like that. So, um, mm. it just, for me, felt like a way to kind of gr really ground a superhero story, right. To where, um, you know, as, as I'm sure you noticed when you were reading, it's, it's really more about George's everyday life and, and how he's mm -hmm. trying to balance a work career with these superpowers that frankly he doesn't want and, um, with his health condition. So, um, yeah, that's that's essentially ripple effects. Is it's a story uh, about an aspiring young superhero who has uh, type one diabetes. Incredible, um, and I mean, you know, it's incredible that obviously it's come from a personal story as well, um, ha having an incurable disease as well um, yourself. So um, you kind of have that that real insight about how it feels to have such a such a disease. Totally. Yeah. And, and, you know, to be honest, I, I, I originally wanted to write ripple effects uh, where the main character would have uh, a blood clotting disease, like exactly what I have, but um, it was just mm -hmm. so hard that I could just never get through it. And, you know, I really wanted to get this story right. out. So um, one of my mm -hmm. closest friends has been a type one diabetic since he was seven years old. Um, so I knew wow. if I worked with him, um, I could like tell them as accurate as a story as I could, you know, not having type one, but having a different disease where I could like handle more of the, um, you know, like emotional and mental and anxiety mm -hmm. side of it. And then I could yeah. uh, work with my friend to get the physical side of diabetes accurate. Fantastic. Um, and uh, it's with Fanbase Press, isn't it? It's the publisher. Correct. Yep. And, and yeah. they're, a, they're a great publisher here in Southern California and Los Angeles. And um, uh, they, they just put out really, really great, great books. Like they do one a year. Um, and, you know, their goal as a publisher is to put out books that are more than just um, pop entertainment and, and also like mm -hmm. layer in some real life uh into them and some inspiration so um they're actually the only publisher i i pitched ripple effects to um barbara and bryant who who um run fan press uh 
the LA comic scene isn't as big as you'd think it is. So everyone kind of knows each other. Mm -hmm. So I'd known them for a really long time. They're great people. And um, yeah, I, I pitched in ripple effects and they loved it. And uh, there's no one else I would have rather worked with. That's for sure. That's fantastic. Um, and uh, so it's coming out um, through five issues and then it's going to be collected in a trade paperback, isn't it? Correct. Um, where, where are we up to in the kind of the sales cycle? Uh, sorry so yeah uh issue one came out in june so actually at the time of this recording issue three will come out next week uh which will be august uh 17th that will be yeah yeah wednesday the 17th will be issue three yep and then the uh Uh, compiled graphic novel uh comes out in november as well great Nice, nice. Um, so, folks, yeah, definitely go uh, check out Ripple Effects um, by Jordan um, through Fanbase Press. Um, and uh, people will be able to pick that up at their local comic book shop. Um, for the trade, uh, they will, their shop will be yeah. able to order it, correct. Um, but they can pre-order cool. it at Fanbase Press. Uh, and it will also That's be cool. available on Amazon as well in November amazing and all those links will be in the show notes folks so so go check it out um and where else can people find you on the on the interwebs uh you can find me on instagram that's the uh, only platform i'm on these days and uh my handle is jordy jordith so i'll just spell it out because it's weird <laughs> it's j-o-r-d-y j-o-r-d-i-t-h great and again that that link will be in the show notes folks so so go follow uh, jordan whilst we're chatting uh now um all of that aside um i'm afraid i do have some bad news for you jordan oh, no. um and that is that there's been a zombie outbreak in oh, california of it. all places it was just it was sod's law um it was gonna happen wasn't it totally man totally and so my uh question to you is what is your action plan for survival okay well my action plan um is get to the water uh the marina is probably four miles uh from my home so i'm going to go there and i'm going to um it would be nice if i knew how to sail but i don't so i'm probably (laughs) gonna cut the rope off some little motorized dinghy off the back of a huge boat (laughs) and take that into the water uh you know catalina island is probably an hour water ride away but you know that has people on it but at least it's a little uh disconnected um so that would be my plan depends on what kind of zombie we have right like if it's a zombie that can still walk on the trench of the ocean and and come to the island then i'm screwed but (laughs) at least then that's my that's my working plan and we'll, we'll i can adjust as needed Oh, totally, man. Totally. Fantastic. And is and is anybody um, going with you um, to the island? Yes, my wife, for sure. Um, probably some of my uh, old Marvel comics from Jack Kirby and Stan Lee. <laughs> Great as well, yeah. too, right? Too yeah, right. Of, Take a long box. <laughs> of course, of course. The short box, minimum. Uh, yeah. yeah. And then uh, maybe I have some pretty cool neighbors, so uh yeah they'd probably come too oh excellent excellent um and i guess kind of you're gonna have to train that four mile run now that you know we've kind of laid this out correct correct i'm gonna have like 
it's going to be tough and I'm going to have to do it at night because it gets hot here during the day in summer. So, uh, yeah. exactly. Because yeah. I mean, I, I assume the traffic down to the Marina when the zombies break out is going to be hell. Yes. But even more hell. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it, it pro- actually probably would be worse than the actual zombie apocalypse would just be the traffic. And so, um, it's, it's pretty LA traffic is as close to hell on earth. <laughs> at least driving wise as I, as I can imagine definitely definitely fantastic um so uh we've made it onto Castellina Island um with your wife and your neighbors and um a, a select few uh comic titles um and uh of, of an evening um on the island around the campfire um your neighbors get interested in uh you know your background in comics um and uh, they they ask you what's the first comic you remember enjoying? Okay, so the, can I can I give two here just just for context? Uh, you bet. Okay. Bet. So the first comic I got uh, was actually the Ghostbusters two graphic novel adaptation of, of of the movie, and I was probably three or four. I loved to draw. My parents saw that like well, maybe like a comic book, and I loved that. Um, but I loved it now looking back. I loved it because I loved the Ghostbusters, right? It really didn't matter that it was a comic book. I just loved anything Ghostbusters. But the comic book that got me into comics and changed, you know, my childhood and, and I mean, even where I am now is, is I was six years old. I was at the grocery store with my mom and uh, we were walking past the magazine rack and there was a copy of Jim Lee's X-Men number one, right? That sold 8 million copies. So everyone had it. Um, and it was the one with Wolverine, Cyclops, and Iceman on the cover. And I remember going over and be like, what is happening? <laughs> There's a guy shooting lasers out of his eyes, a guy with claws and out of his hands, and a man made of ice. Like, I need this. I don't, like, I'll cut grass for a week. I don't care. And uh, luckily, my mom uh, bought me the issue. And I went home. And just that started the obsession. So yeah, X Men number one by Jim Lee and Chris Claremont for sure. Nice, excellent. Um, and uh, what was the second title? Uh so it, so that was the second one. The first, the first was the Ghostbusters two graphic. Oh, sorry, I missed yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Um, and so, um, sorry, you were saying how old were you when you picked up X Men? I was I was six when X Men. Six. Won. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, 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 fantastic. Um, and so, obviously, that's that's kind of where your your love for comics started. Um, and when was it when you actually started create trying to create your own comics? Yeah, so so great question. So yeah, that the X Men one led to like the childhood obsession where all I did was draw comics or read comics to draw comics and make my own comics like make my own uh backdrops for action for the x-men action figures right like that was my whole childhood and um i went to art school for college uh but i kind of just lost the love for for illustrating right and if you're gonna be a comic book artist like you need to love to draw because you're gonna draw at least 10 hours a day every day like this is so much work so um so I kind of thought the book was going to be close for me on comics and I would just, you know, stay, stay a fan. And that was fine. Um, and then, yeah, just, uh, when I got sick, uh, I was on bed rest for three months and 
it was, you know, I was in Wisconsin, which is in the north of, of America, kind of close to Canada. And, um, you know, it's like February, the worst time of year. You're stuck inside. It's like 10 degrees outside. It's just, there's nothing to do. And I was like, well, I was reading a ton. I was like, maybe I could write my own comic. And, um, yeah, I just kind of like looking back now, like I could see that what I loved as a kid about making my own comics, like at the time I thought it was, I loved drawing, but looking back now, it's like, I loved telling the story, you know, like putting the X-Men on the moon for a battle or doing stuff like that. Like that was like all coming up with the story that I loved. Um, and looking back now, so it just kind of clicked when I, when I tried, you know, writing comics and it took a while, you know, like, I want to say it took three years, I would say, before I was able able to sell my first indie comic um, and get my first, you know, actual comic that I had written. But um, I just, you know, got obsessed with it. I was like, I'm going to learn how to write. I'm going to learn, you know, I, I, having my own comic would be like a lifelong dream. And I just kept the foot on the gas and I kind of never took it off. Um, so... You know, you're a it's comic awesome, fan. Man. It's it's great. You know, like when you're a comic fan, you're like, you you love comics, right? Like anything comics is, is awesome. So um, yeah, it it just never feels like work. It just feels like fun. That's cool. Um, and uh, I mean, that's amazing that you know you you just uh, stay consistently persistent um, with this all. Um, but if you had the chance to to kind of travel back in time those three years from when you sold your first one to when you first started, um, what advice would you give in a younger Jordan? Oh man. <laughs> well, comics related, uh, <laughs> plan. Yeah. Out yeah. Comics comics related. Related. yeah, yeah I mean, you comics. can give him general life there's, there's advice so as well. There's, but... so, there's so many, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, well, uh, buy some Bitcoin. Oh uh, no, I'm just kidding. That would have, you know, like, <laughs> but, but comics related, uh, it would have been, um, you know, keep, keep the dialogue bubbles to like 10 per page max, right? You know, like, mm -hmm. I feel like that is the biggest challenge for a new comic book writer is um, condensing the dialogue for the speech bubbles enough so that it doesn't like suffocate the art. Because when you mm -hmm. type it like on on your computer, it doesn't look like that much copy. Like you're like, oh, this is fine. And then mm -hmm. you put it into layout and you're like, holy crap. <laughs> Like it just yeah. bubbles everywhere. It overtakes the page. Yeah. 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 And it's just like, and it's like, you know, at the end of the day, comics, the reason we all love comics is for the art, right? Like it is a visual mm -hmm. medium. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you have to res respect that. So that's, that's what I would have wished I would have known. Cause it would have, you know, how it used to go is I'd write the script. I'd give it to the artist. They draw it. And then because I was lettering, I would start dropping it in. I'm like, Holy crap. And I would basically have to cut like 60%, 60, 50 to 60%. And, and the story still worked fine and great. Right. So, um, right. Yeah. Editing that, that would be my number one suggestion mm. to myself is editing. And then, um, as a colorist, yeah, I'd say hiring a color flatter. Um, I, I used mm -hmm. a color flatter on ripple effects and, um, Shane Kadlicek is his name and he was phenomenal. Um, and nice. he, he was able to go into each page and just like color block every section. And then I can go in and just change the colors and the palettes. And it just saved me hours and hours of time. So those would be nice. the two things. 
over edit the dialogue, nice. invest in a color flatter. And if you're listening <laughs> uh, and you're an aspiring writer or colorist, I would, I would, those would be my two suggestions to you as well. Fantastic. And then um, in terms of actually shaping your stories themselves, um, how does that process work for you? Um, you know, when you get a gem of an idea, how do you then take that from, you know, that idea to actually creating a story? Yeah, great, great question. Um, so ideas for me always come in like, you know, I think Stephen King calls them the magic what ifs, right? Where like you just think of a scenario or a plot. So for an example, ripple effects, uh, uh, a superhero that's invincible, but has an incurable disease, right? So it's like, there's the idea. But, you know, basically how do you get, turn that into a story that people care about? And, and, you know, the way that you do that is through your characters, right? Um, that like, you have to have really great characters, really empathetic characters that bring that plot to life because, um, you know, that's where you'll get people to really attach, um, people to really get something out of the story. Um, and you don't have to right? like, like, um, you know, horror, horror is you don't need a ton of character development in horror at all because that's just your story of survival right um but you know if you want to do something more uh a little bit more drama worked in yeah figure out the characters and uh and then once you figure out your characters the story kind of writes itself nice man um excellent uh now uh heading back to catalina island yes um what's the funniest comic that you've read okay uh yeah that's that's definitely um matt fraction and david aha's hawkeye run from marvel which um i think started in like the late 2000s i want to say maybe later than that maybe 2012 um it's it is hilarious i like i'm sure we'll talk about it later too but like that's the book i push on everyone that doesn't read comics like people that aren't a comic fan and they're like well what's like a good marvel comic i always push fraction and aha's uh hawkeye because it's just so funny um and if you watch the hawkeye show on disney plus it's like it was the basis of the show and i'm sure they changed some things but um but yeah it was it it's just such a great timeless story it makes me laugh every issue makes me laugh every time i read it so um it's my nice warm blanket. Just, you know, crack open Hawkeye <laughs> and have a laugh. <laughs> Love it. Nice, man. Uh, now, uh, changing gears a little bit. Um, what's the saddest comic or most upsetting moment in a comic that you've read? Okay, yeah. So, like, the saddest comics, another tie for me. Uh, I would have to say the um, death of Jane Foster, right, when she was Mighty Thor. We knew she had cancer, but for me being chronically ill, you know, that was like an extra, it was just like extra ramped up. Right. You know, and I knew it was coming, but it was just written so good um, that it was phenomenal. Um, so, you know, I don't want to spoil that story. That's all I'll say about that. Read it uh, for sure. But then also like every single arc of saga <laughs> just always makes me sad because it's just like, <laughs> It's like Game of Thrones. Don't get attached to characters because they're just going to die. But, yeah. uh, you know, like, <laughs> Brito. I mean, I can get more detailed if you want me to. I don't know if it's spoilers or not, but I can like name. Yeah, them. no, I mean, I think because so have have we have they published 
the latest issue recently, or is this, is that just coming soon? Oh uh, yeah, I. Is that being published? I, I, yet? I haven't been in the store for two weeks, but I mean, it's back on a monthly basis. It is. It's. It's yeah. back, but yeah. It is back. So yeah, people yeah. are starting to get back into it. So yeah. we do, we won't do spoilers, but yeah. just yeah, be wary. Yeah, be, be <laughs> very wary. And it's like have, I, have a box of Kleenex yes, in it, in the upstairs department, not it, the downstairs. Department. It, and you can see it coming too. <laughs> like if you pay attention, like a character will get really lovable, and then you're like, okay, they're gone. And like yeah, it happens, and it still messes me up. I was like, no, even though I knew, but yeah, brutal man, phenomenal, brutal. phenomenal book. <laughs> Um, and then uh, switching gears once again, kind of heading into uh, one of your um, favorite genres by the sounds of it. Uh, what's the scariest comic or most horrifying moment in a comic that you've read? Oh, yeah. So um, I, I would say like for me, uh, like one of the I know there's a lot of like scary, scary, creepy books out there. Right. But um, for me, uh, Harrow County by Cullen Bunn, uh, is a dark horse book. It's just so creepy, but like, it's such a good story that it just makes it more, it makes it creepier if that makes sense, because it's like written so well that you're really involved. And then the creepiness and the scariness happens. And you're just like, Ugh. but, um, yeah, that's, that's my personal, personal favorite for sure. Excellent. Um, and, uh, yeah, who's, um, who publishes that? Sorry, that's Dark Horse, Harrow County. That's no, a Dark Horse. Mm-hmm. Cool. When when I was a kid, um, Swamp Thing scared the hell out of me, and I like I never read, even read an issue, but just the visual of him. Uh, there were a ton of lakes where I grew up, so like I was always just terrified of him grabbing me from shore at some point. But which now you know, as adult, you read the comics, so it's not his character at all. But the visual was terrifying. Yeah, exactly. That's all you think about when you're a kid really is just you know the visual (laughs) like you know a a, a massive swamp thing um literally dragging you off out of your bed yes or something totally (laughs) terrible oh man brutal um but hopefully that'll never happen (laughs) yes yes one can (laughs) Um, and then uh moving on to my favorite question and that is what is your favorite cover favorite cover um geez i would have to say that it is probably amazing spider-man 316 which is uh which is a todd mcfarlane cover and and spider-man's laying on his back like it looks defeated and venom is lurking right over him and it was um it's like the second appearance of venom in his first cover that 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 is just one of the greatest covers of all time um and then I guess a, a close second or a tie would be um, Giant Size X-Men. That's just such a cool cover where they're like the new X-Men are ripped through the page, running out, and the old X-Men are behind them, faded back. It's just such a classic cover uh, and a book I always wanted as a kid. Nice, man. Nice. Yeah, no, that um, that 316 uh, Amazing Spider-Man is, uh, um, is quite horrifying in itself 
totally. I agree. Ben has got like blood in his hands. I agree. And, you know, Spider Man looks like he's like on his last legs. I, I I feel like that was like as far as McFarlane could push Marvel, right? Like you could tell he wanted to do like the stuff he yeah. would eventually do in Spawn, but they wouldn't let him. And I feel like three sixteen was like the limit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a totally great cover, man. though. Totally. Hardcore. Excellent. Um, now, uh, what comic do you repeatedly read the most? Yeah, so it would probably be the uh, the Hawkeye run from Fraction and Aha. Um, it just you just fly through it, and it makes me laugh every time. Um, you know, if I'm reading for a story and for laughs, and and, and the and the art is so great too. Um, but then you know, like when I want to get nostalgic, I'll read Jim Lee's X Men or McFarlane's Spider Man, Liefeld's X Force. You know, like the stuff that was huge when I was a kid and when I got into comics. Um, when I just need that little hit of nostalgia, um, but I'm not really reading it as much. I'm just kind of like staring at the art in awe. <laughs> that was that, that was that that era was just the crazy artwork, <laughs> and just soak it up. Yep, totally. Totally. Yeah, man. Nice. Nice. And then uh, the most meaningful comic to you? Um, I would say most most meaningful to me is just uh, Jim Lee and Chris Claremont's X-Men 1, my, my first real superhero comic, just because like that is what turned me on to comics, right? You know, that is what got me in. That was the first comic like I had that was superhero related at Marvel. And then it was really you know, off to the races from, from that point, like, um, you know, first comic and there's been th- read probably, I would say thousands of comics since. And it's like that one just, it all started there. So it's pretty cool. That's awesome, man. And that's so cool to kind of have that defining moment um, in your life that you can kind of anchor your, your passion and love for comics in. Totally. Um, and uh, obviously it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great starting point for for many many people as well totally thanks um, man say that's awesome man um now coming on to our penultimate question um and that is what's the most underrated comic that you've read yeah um so uh admittedly like i'm i'm much more of a marvel reader than a dc reader um that and that has nothing to do with with anything of dc other than just I just loved X-Men and Liefeld and McFarlane and Lee so much that that's just like what I gravitated um, towards. But I, 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 it's funny because I think the most underrated comic for me is, is a Batman one. And it's, I think it's a five or six issue run. It's called Batman Venom. Um, And it's, it's basically what happens is a child drowns in the first issue and Batman can't save the child. Um, so it like destroys him and destroys Bruce Wayne that he wasn't strong enough to save her. So he starts taking, um, venom, which is what Bane uses, right? So this is pre Bane that Bruce Wayne had at first and he starts taking the venom and he just, he basically gets addicted to it. Um, and he's like, and it, it, it's like Bruce Wayne is this, this massive roid raging, um, superhero and he like he starts getting aggressive and violent and alfred's trying to dial him back and and you know basically it reaches a point where he realizes that he has an addiction and um and 
you know, has to go cold turkey and locks himself in the Batcave for, I think, like a month, I want to say. Like, there's just this panel where he re- it might be longer than that. He reemerges from the Batcave with this huge beard, basically. Um, and I think it's a great Batman story because, um, you know, it deals with really serious topics, which is addiction and, and substance abuse. Yeah. But also, mm-hmm. like, his depression of not being able to save that kid. And, um, yeah, I just think it's a really, really important uh story that like so many of my friends are huge dc guys and and women and and they've never heard of it i'm like man like people need to know this run so i highly recommend batman venom to anyone i want to say it was That's like awesome, 90, That's great. yeah 89 or 90 i want to say is uh when it came out something like that um, yeah, no, that's one that I haven't actually read, so um, that's definitely one that I'd like to like to check out. Um, yeah, let me. And, uh, yeah, no, it's. Let me know what you think. It's if, quite... if you do check it out, it's yeah, we'll great. see. Yeah, ninety-one. Yeah, um, there we go. There we 91, go. Ninety-one. It was apparently, um, but uh, yeah, no, it's it's obviously um, yeah dealing with uh, very um, difficult issues within that within it as well as i'm sure being a cool story oh yeah yeah <laughs> as well. classic great <laughs> like... batman story uh, yeah for sure and and i would say exactly. on, the, on the other end of the spectrum if you just want like a good laugh like a really funny entertaining book i would say um oh kill strike uh from boom studios is a must read like if you loved the jim right. lee rob liefeld era of of comics because it's just ridiculous where it's like basically a rob liefeld character comes out of the comic book and into the real world and it's just like this whole satire on 90s comics and um it's hilarious if if you loved the books from back then you got to check it out nice man and that was called sorry okay kill strike what was uh, it? oh oh so oh exclamation point kill strike <laughs> ah, <laughs> yeah. Got, yeah there you go nice yeah if you love see the it. cover the love cover it. says it all it's just ridiculous it's so good Brad, let me just google it one second sorry listeners i'm just gonna do a quick uh <laughs> quick google here for it um oh, oh yeah it's where is it, it? Here we go. Da, 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 da. Wicked. Got yeah. it. You just nice, see, man. Love car, it. The car-sized blaster rifle he's holding is just absurd. It's so good. Yeah, right. Rad. Love it. And the size of him compared to the other guy. Yep. Like they're like yeah. one of the one of the covers is they're meeting at like some diner. Yep. <laughs> and he's like huge yeah. in comparison. Yeah, he's like three he's times the size guys. of everyone else in the world. It's hilarious. Oh, a legend. That's awesome, man. Cool. Um, and then uh, coming on to our final question, and that is if you could only take one comic into the apocalypse, which would it be? Um, well, if, if it's a comic I own, it's X-Men 1, right, by Jim Lee and Claremont. If it's a comic I don't mm. own, it's also x-men one but but the real one by jim lee and, and stan kirby i would say stan kirby jack kirby wow I'm <laughs> yeah apologize gosh you messed up there apologize to everyone for that yes jack the kirby so good. and uh and stanley nice yeah oh that's great man that's great awesome um and then alongside of that uh what weapon tool or useful item would you like to take with you as well so i was like 
Okay, obviously, like, if I had to pick one weapon, it's so cliche, but it's the ultimate weapon, and that's a crossbow, right? Like, we all we all know why. It's sure. unlimited ammo because you can make, you can make yeah. your arrow. You can hunt with it. You can defend yourself with it. Also, from a distance, you can defend yourself. So that's, like, the given. But then I was like, I, I got to come up with something fun, right? You know, like, we're having fun mm-hmm. here. It's comics for the apocalypse. So I think I would go with, if it's like a bow staff that could break in half and, and be like two swords as well as, as a bow staff. I don't even know if that exists, but that would be pretty stinking cool. I think. That'd be wicked. Yeah. And I'm sure that somebody could come up with that. Yeah. You know, some, you know, carpenter and blacksmith that lives in like the Austrian mountains or something. I think it's probably done something like that. That'd be awesome. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd just be so cool. That'd be wicked. I can imagine it right now, actually. It kind of like having like a bit of a dovetail kind of connection on it. And then you like kind of like you just slip them open and then it's like two swords. Yeah. And then you can put them back in. And they like interlock or something. Totally. Really cool, man. Totally. Nice. Nice. Wicked. Well, happy to provide that um for for your comics with the apocalypse and with all of that in mind thank you so much for sharing your comics with the apocalypse jordan hearts oh thank you so much this was a blast oh fantastic um and uh for the listeners one more time where can they find you online uh yep you can find me uh, at jordy jordith on instagram or um through my publisher of ripple effects which is fanbase press they are on all of the platforms uh so that's just fanbase press twitter instagram facebook as well excellent um and yeah folks go check out ripple effects um it's a it's a real roller coaster of a ride um and uh yeah i'm i'm definitely going to be getting the um the full graphic novel in november as well so um, i'm looking forward to that thank you so much appreciate it Hey, no worries, Jordan. And uh, yeah, um, apart from that, it's been it's been a real pleasure. And uh, hopefully, um, if you do ever make it across um, to the sunny shores of England, um, yeah, it'd be be great to connect. <laughs> uh, for sure. Yep, I, I hope to be there soon. So uh, sooner than later, for sure. Number one on the list. Excellent. Thanks, Jordan. You take care, man. Thank you so much. You too. Thanks again to Jordan for being on Comics for the Apocalypse. It was an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review for us on iTunes, Spotify, or whichever podcast service you use. As not only will let me know that you liked it, but believe that it helps make other people aware of the show as well. If you'd like to check out Jordan's work or follow him on social media, those links are in the show notes along with all our own links to the various areas of the internet. Speaking of which, if you haven't already, be sure to visit Comic Scene's website at comicscene.org for comic news, the comic club, and other fun sequential art stuff. And finally, as long as the apocalypse doesn't come to pass in the next week, I'll see you next Monday. Bye for now.